This morning, we continue our journey through Ephesians. Last week, uh, Paul was talking about conflict between people in the church. He gave us a, a list of ways that we're supposed to be treating each other. And this week, uh, the, the, the turmoil that, that Paul is addressing is not external. It's not outside. It's inside. It's internal. Paul often brings up the battle between the old and the new nature, and he continues that discussion in our passage this morning. He just, just puts a little bit of a different spin on it. As we process God's word this morning, may he speak into each of our hearts. Let's, let's read the word. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 15, or sorry, 17 to 24. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned in Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through sinful and deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Thus ends the reading. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would speak through your word this morning that you would perform the miracle that feeds our souls. I pray this in your name. Amen. Today, our passage is talking about clothes. It's kind of interesting. Paul, Paul was a tent maker, you know, the, the general contractor of 30 AD. He was known for proclaiming the gospel, for being in jail, for going on missionary trips, for planting churches, writing letters, and building houses or tents. Not his fashion sense. And yet today we have Paul talking about clothes. Talking about fashion. Now Paul isn't trying to help us with our fashion sense per se. He's not giving us insight on which colors go together or how tight a suit should fit or if you should wear an evening gown or or a sundress is more appropriate for a, a particular occasion. Instead, Paul is talking about how our fashion, the clothes that we wear, are an outward reflection of who we are on the inside. And he's right. The clothes that we wear tell, a lot, tell others a lot about how we view ourselves. They, they tell others what group we belong to. They tell others what our likes are. Halloween is a perfect example of this. The costumes that we choose are an expression of what we like, what we find interesting, maybe what we wish we were. I, at the time that this, this picture was taken, I had four boys, and three of them super into the Ninja Turtles. Like, that was life. One of them, not so much. And that's totally fine. As, as much as it, it may have been cool to, to walk around with, with all four of the Ninja Turtles. We, we walked around with three Ninja Turtles and a Jaguar, and that was totally awesome. But it's just, it's just an example of, no, this is, this is what I want to be. I like, you know, superheroes. I mean, I'm walking around on, on, uh, on the Ave, on, on Washington, on Halloween, all over the place. You're seeing what people are into, what their excitements are. There's so many superheroes, right? 
so many animals, so many of these different, this is, this is what I like. This is what I would be if I had the option to just be something. I'd be you know, Spider-Man or Iron Man or a Ninja Turtle or whatever, princess. There was like a bunch of like Mario, there's, I saw a, uh, yeah, Princess Peach. You know, you got some, some Mario Kart action. There was, Halloween is, is just a wonderful example of this expression of what we want to be. For that night, we get to be whatever it is that, 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 that we want to be. And, and so our clothes show that. But we see it in, in other areas of life as well, right? I mean, for me, it's been a little while now, but, but high school is an excellent example of that. You knew the jocks were? They were rocking their Letterman jackets. And they had their, you know, their, their shoulders back. And they yeah, I got this as they're, as they're walking down the hall. And then you got your goth kids in their, their dark clothes and their like, heavy metal T-shirts. And they're kind of like in their own little corner with their real dark makeup and, and super black hair. And you got your skater kids in their, their baggy jeans and wrecked up shoes. And I mean, when I was in school, it was like frosted tips were a thing. That was before NSYNC. But, but uh, yeah, so like we, we would do that stuff. Like that, you, you just knew kind of what group each person fit in based off of what they wore. It was an expression of, of where they felt that they fit in. Clothes that we wear are an outward reflection of who we are, how we feel about ourselves, what group we think we fit into, what we like, what we aspire to. And that's true not only of the physical clothes we wear, but, but the spiritual clothes that we wear. And those are the clothes that Paul is really concerned about in our passage this morning. He could care less if you wear an H&M or the Gap or something you picked off a hanger at your local Salvation Army. He does care about how you dress yourself spiritually, however. In our passage this morning, Paul talks about two sets of clothes, the old set and the new set, the old self and the new self. These two sets of clothes are very different from each other. In fact, they're, they're total opposites. One represents our old nature. The old nature represents the desires of a sinful heart. Paul writes in verse 18 that the Gentiles, so, I mean, it sounds like he's just kind of, earlier he's been talking about the unity of the Gentiles and the Jews that we have in Christ. But here, when he's referencing the Gentiles, he's talking about those outside the faith, those that do not believe, those that have not come to a saving knowledge of of faith in Jesus Christ. He's saying that the Gentiles, those who do not belong to the family of God, Because of the old self, in verse 18 we read, they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. The other set of clothes represents a new nature. A nature given to us by God through faith in Jesus Christ. Paul writes in verse 23 and verse 24 that this new nature causes us to be renewed in the spirit of our minds. That this new self has been created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So which set of clothes do we find ourselves in this morning? How often do we take the old self out for a spin, out for a night on the town? There's a phrase that you hear in Christian subculture. Be in the world, but not of the world. Meaning that we are not to distance ourselves from our mission field, from our non-Christian neighbor, from our secular co-worker, but to try to fit in where we can, that we might open doors to proclaim the gospel through the relationships that we form. This phrase comes from a mashup of verses found in John 15 and John 17, and its basis is good. 
There is freedom in the gospel to go out for drinks with friends. There is freedom in the gospel to get tattoos and piercings. There is freedom in the gospel to smoke a cigar. There is freedom in the gospel to go to a concert of a secular musical artist or to go to a movie that's R-rated. There is freedom to be in the world, but there is also the potential to abuse that freedom. One way that we do this is by becoming spiritual chameleons. Like a chameleon changes its colors to blend into the world around it, to camouflage itself so that it's harder for its predators to detect. We imitate the world around us. We do this to remain camouflaged from the spiritual predators, right, who, who might criticize us or hurt us. As spiritual chameleons, we aren't living in the freedom of the gospel. We're living in fear of the world around us. We're living in fear of what our neighbor might say if they found out that we're a Christian. Often, as spiritual chameleons, those around us are shocked when they find out that we have belief. We've worked so hard to fit in that there's no outward difference between us who have faith and those who have no faith at all. And eventually, this immersion in secular culture, this wrapping ourselves up in the trends, the whims of the day, begins to have an effect on what we believe. We begin to acclimate and to accommodate secular morality. And then we move past accommodation into a full embrace of immorality. We argue that times have changed, that what the Bible has to say about sexual immorality and identity isn't applicable anymore. We begin to argue that societal renaissance and trends should affect scripture and not the other way around. We begin to justify sin, to make excuses for sin. When our whole goal is to fit in, to not make waves, to be the status quo, to do what my neighbor is doing, to live how my secular friends live, to blend into the world, and really, if we're being honest with ourselves, to live the way that we want to live, We put on that old self and we embrace secular morality, which is really immorality, over biblical morality. We embrace the things the world tells us is true and right over what the Bible tells us is true and right. Because, hey man, the world around us tells us that immorality is fun. We we like to have fun. As we continue down this path, decked out in the duds of the old self, we end up less like spiritual chameleons and more like those unfortunate frogs from science class that can be placed in an open saucepan and slowly boiled to death without ever recognizing a change in temperature that is severe enough to make them jump out. And that is Paul's challenge to us and to the Ephesians. To stop living like the Gentiles, those who are not part of the family of God. To stop living like the secular world. To stop being spiritual chameleons and to start imitating God. How do we do that? How do we do that when what we want to do is imitate the world? And that brings us to the second pair of clothes. The new outfit that Paul talks about in our text today, the new self. This set of clothes is foreign to us. 
We don't have it naturally. We aren't born with it or familiar with it like we are the previous set. For this set has been given to us through faith in Jesus Christ. And what comes with this set of clothes, this new self? With the new self, we are given the ability to put off the old self. For in Christ, we are infused with the very answer, the only answer to the downward spiral of the world and our old self, plunging recklessly after its sin. Instead of hardness and darkness and deadness, we are given tenderness and light and life. In the new self, the spirit of our minds is renewed. The Holy Spirit at work within us, shaping our desires and our thoughts, causing us to long after the things of God and not the things of this world. This is a constant renewal. Our old self continues to vie for control, and so it's natural just just to let it have control, to continue to, to put it on. It's comfortable. We're familiar with it. Like, we know this. The battle between the old and new is so constant that we need to continually be renewed in the spirit of our minds. But this renewing is not something that we do. For in the Greek, as it's written out in the Greek, we see the word renewing in the passive voice, which means that it's being done to us. And the renewing of your minds, often when we think of that, it's like, oh, this is what I've got to do. This is something I'm doing. But it's the Holy Spirit at work in us, renewing our minds. It's the passive voice. And the passive voice It's happening to us. It's something that God is is doing to us. The renewing of our minds, the desiring after the things of God, is not something that we do ourselves, but in the new self, in our new nature, it is something that God is doing to us. We do not fight the old nature, the old self alone. God is on our side. Another thing that Paul tells us about the new self is that it has been created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. How can that be? How can someone who has only ever been clothed in the filth of the old self ever been seen seen walking around? Sorry, how, how can someone who has only ever been seen clothed in the filth of the old self ever be seen walking around in true righteousness and holiness? When we've put on the new self, we have put on Christ. As was read earlier in in Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 to 27. For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Through faith given in baptism we have put on Christ. So when God looks at a Christian he doesn't see the helpless wreck wandering around in their old clothes. He sees his son. He sees that wreck wandering around in Jesus' clothes, in the new self. The true righteousness and holiness that becomes ours in this new set of clothes belong to Christ. They're not something that we have attained. They're not something that we have earned by good behavior. They are something that has been imputed to us. Imputed. Not a word that we use that often, but a wonderful word. For everyone who has been given faith in Jesus Christ. When something is imputed, it is attributed to a person regardless of their knowledge or worth or experience. 
A couple of weeks ago, Karen spoke at a women's retreat over in Washington. She didn't have any experience. She didn't know if if she would even really be able to do it. She'd never written out messages like that before. She didn't know if she was going to get stage fried or just clam up in front of everyone. There was no historical reason to believe that she would be qualified as a speaker at a retreat. And even though there was no grounding for their belief that she would be a good speaker, they attributed it to her anyway. They asked her to speak. They flew her out. And they showed up to sit underneath her teaching. That she would be an effective speaker at a women's retreat was imputed to Karen. She knocked it out of the park. In Christ, when we are clothed in Christ, through faith in Christ, and we have put on the new self, Christ's righteousness has been imputed to us. Through faith, God has clothed us in Christ's perfect righteousness. Through Christ, we are seen as moral. Through Christ, we are justified. When we are clothed in Christ, our sins that were once as scarlet are now white as snow. We didn't earn it. There's no historical backing for it. We've done absolutely nothing to deserve it. It has been imputed to us, counted as ours because of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so in this new self, God is renewing our minds, turning our hearts towards him while covering us in the goodness, the perfect, undeserved spotlessness of Jesus Christ. Although God is working on us, we are still a work in progress. We still struggle. We still fall. We still fail. In our passage this morning, Paul is encouraging us to recognize when we are putting back on the old self. When we are trying to justify our sin, when we are accepting of sin in the world. When we are embracing immorality, when we care more about how the world views us than how God views us. When we put aside what we know God is calling us to, to give in to what we desire to. And as we recognize the old self, Paul is calling us to resist it by resting in the new self. By submitting to the renewing of our minds. By resting in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. What an amazing God we serve. He knows our predisposition to sin. He knows how comfortable our old self feels. And despite all of this, he has forgiven us. He has made a way for us to be in relationship with him through faith in his son. Through the new self, the new duds of righteousness. What a gift to each and every one of us. What an amazing, wonderful, fantastic God we serve. Amen.